Daily Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver podcast. My name is James Rea, and I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague is Bruce Aldridge. I should say it right, Bruce Aldridge. Something like that. Something like that. Bruce, you know, pal. And today we have our 50th episode of the Weekly Driver podcast, and we have on as a guest uh, Christopher Warren, and it couldn't be a better timing because uh, in our part of the country, Monterey Auto Week, Classic Car Week is coming up, and there are six auctions um, with all kinds of cars, and uh, Chris, welcome to our program. We know that you have a lot of expertise, so thank you for being our guest. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much, guys. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your company? And I, I got a chuckle out of some of the do's and don'ts that you guys have um, presented to uh, someone who might be interested in, in purchasing a car at an auction. So uh, tell us about your company and um, how you guys came up with this great list. Well, Premier Financial Services is the nation's leading provider of uh, lease auctions for uh, financing for exotic vintage and luxury automobiles in the country. We do a lot in the classic and vintage world as well as the contemporary exotic sports car market primarily. Um, and so, you know, we simply, as, as a company that does a lot with these auction houses year after year, not only at Monterey, but at other auctions around the country. Uh, we have a, a large following of clients uh, and, and people who, who buy these cars, and who look for other alternatives uh, to acquire them. And, and so we, we put together a little list of do's and don'ts that uh, might help someone who's a novice or you know a casual observer you know, watching these cars on Cars TV or something such as that. Great. Now, let's just start with number one. It, it makes perfect sense, but unless you see it in front of you, you it might not think about it. It's jo- don't jump into the pool right away. Um, I, I like that. Attend one or two off auctions strictly as an observer to gain a firsthand understanding of how they work. Pay attention to how serious buyers conduct themselves and the bidding tactics they use. It comes to mind, we went to a Mecham auction um, last year, and the rate in which those cars go through the bidding process, there's a car like every two or three minutes. So um, tell us about, uh, you know, not putting your hand up first, I guess, is what it amounts to. Yeah, so certainly, I mean, obviously, especially at a, at a Mecham sale, you know, certainly you can see those, you know, they do a lot of sales across the country in, in all different um types of vehicles, you know, more attainable vehicles while also selling more exclusive or collector type cars. Um, you know, it's a very exciting atmosphere and it's something that's easy to get uh, caught up in, in, in all that emotion. So it's almost like a, uh, a Vegas casino at some time and you, you want to get in on it. Uh, but you can also get hurt if you don't know what you're buying or, you know, what you're paying is not a good price. So, you know, we always recommend to our clients to um, look with, look at what they're that they're getting and, and know what they want to get and, you know, don't be emotional about it. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I, I had the same opinion. It's kind of like a Vegas uh, thing or a three ring circus, something that's just it's high energy and you could really get wrapped up in, you know, the excitement. That's really good uh, idea. 
Uh, second yeah, thing, absolutely. you mentioned the, the pre-approval, and that seemed like uh, kind of a no-brainer, I guess. Uh, but but I'm not sure. Does everybody get pre-approved, or how do how do you get your bidders? You know, your auction number or whatever. Do you do you have to show that you're you can pay when you're when you're when you want to bid at an auction the auction house wants to know that you have the capacity to pay them at the end if you do end up buying something so sure uh you know for for us and what we do um we we have clients that get pre-approved now there might be a client that knows exactly what they want to buy and hey i'm I'm going to goodies i want to buy one set at lot 172 this is the car i'm bidding on but we also have clients that you know, may just have a general idea on how much they might want to spend at a given auction. And so, you know, we'll pre-approve them for a dollar amount and, you know, send off the credentials to the auction houses that they might be considering. So they, when they, when the auction house knows that they're bidding, they know that they're pre-approved with, with our company and, um, you know, they're ready to go. Um, those are, those are transactions that, you know, that we fund immediately for the auction house and everybody's happy. So that's like a pre-approval letter, just like people do sometimes for house shopping. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Getting back to the, you know, the the Vegas analogy, it's like just like getting a marker from a casino. <laughs> okay. Yes. I remember this is reminding me of when I was a young guy. My my parents were in the antique business, and I used to go to auctions with them. And it was you know back in the old days, in the '60s and '70s, where they would buy a ping pong paddle, believe it or not, for $10, and it'd have your number on it, and I'd go to these auctions, and they'd stick up their ping pong battle, paddle, and they would bid on antiques, and some of that was the the same, where people would get caught up on something, you know, buying a roll-top desk, and all of a sudden, it was $5,000, and the person would say, sold, and they'd look in the audience, and the person said, you know, what did I just do? I bought a roll-top desk for five grand, and I can't afford it. But So it reminded me of seeing the look on some people's faces of astonishment that they actually did it, and then they have to figure out how the, where they're going to get the funds from. Absolutely. And, and we've seen in the past uh, clients that we know that have been at an auction, not really intending to buy anything, saw something that was, uh, you know, either a car that they've always wanted or a car that is just, they know to be a very good deal and they bought the car and then come to us, you know, either in the room or, or shortly thereafter saying, Hey, you know, I've bought this car, you know, I need $2 million. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing for sure. Do you actually have a booth or a, a presence at the auctions? We attend all the auctions uh, at Pebble Beach Car Week, um, you know, as well as the, the other major auctions around the country. You know, we, we're normally having a presence there. We don't have a booth, um, but we are, you know, we have uh, four people in attendance at the auctions this year in Monterey. So we're, we're very well covered there and people know that we're there and, and we, you know, we make, we make it known that we're there. Uh, apparently, you guys probably uh, do your homework too. If if somebody wants a an XYZ car, you, you know what his uh, value is too, right? Before you'll deal with them, you know, if if they want to pay a hundred grand yeah. for a car that's only worth fifty, it's going to be a no, I guess, right? Well, ab- ab- absolutely. I mean, the the part of any any risk based underwriting does come into the widget. 
So, you know, we want to know that what we might lend on a car, that the car in, it, in itself is worth, worth where we, we want to be in that, in that particular vehicle. So it, it really can be um, a conversation that, that gets a little challenging because, you know, we, you know, if someone buys a car at an auction, for instance, and, and they get wrapped up and the car gets bid up, um, you know, they may overpay for that vehicle, which then in, in increases the amount of money that they need to invest into oh, okay. the transaction, with they, which they may not have wanted to do, but, um, you know, here they are. Uh, an owner or a potential owner, he'll look at the car, he'll go through the car and uh, at least at least a visual inspection anyway, at the very least. Would you, if you're going to be lending to some, say, prominent car, you know, uh, something that's a, a high-ticket item, do you guys actually put hands-on or no? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. If we know of a, a, car, a car that's being uh, uh, looked at at auction, we want to, when we get to the preview days at the auction houses, we want to go look at those cars. We want to talk to people representing the car at the auction we 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 might even sort out the owner of the vehicle we want to make sure that it has the provenance that they say it has we want to make sure that you know it's it's is everything that they say that it is most of the most of the auction houses do do a very good job with due diligence and certainly you know we always advocate to clients that are buying these cars um that you know to seek professional help as to what you're buying. You want to know if you're not an expert in a vintage Bugatti, um, before you raise your hand, you, you want to make sure that you've talked to an expert in a vintage Bugatti. That's, yeah, now, I hope so. Chris, on a, on a little bit of a personal level, uh, since you've been involved, we've asked other people if they've noticed um, particular interest in trends in vehicles, uh, number one, and number two, and if, since you're in this business, do you have any vintage cars? Um, well, personally, I do not have any vintage cars, although I would love to have some. Um, I have, uh, I'm, the, I'm the owner of identical twin girls who are 11. Yes. Who uh, are, are threatening medical school, so um, that's, uh, that's keeping my vintage car collecting on the sidelines for now. Fair enough, um, fair enough, yes. But from, from what clients are trending uh, or doing, it, it's a very... A uh, funny thing because oftentimes in what we do, we we get a lot of phone calls, especially as Monterey is approaching or some of the other um, auctions are approaching. You know, hey, what's hot right now, or what are people looking at? And it's always a difficult thing because market trends go up and down. We've seen we've seen cars, you know, go go up to a million dollars, and then the next year they're three hundred thousand dollars. We've seen clients buy cars for 500,000 and the next year they're a million five. So, you know, there's, there's always that, you know, Hey, can I catch the next wave sort of mentality? Um, but you know, it, it's, it's oftentimes, you know, we're talking to people about buying a car that, that they've always wanted or that, you know, they have a heartstring for, um, yeah, I think it's a very dangerous thing to feel like you're going to catch a trend. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people, um, for instance, I, I've seen people in, in the few, just a few years ago, they started buying up Lamborghini Countach's thinking that that was the next car that was going to be the, the car that was being 
bring big returns and um you know never really manifested mm-hmm. so um you know those are always the challenges um in in, in the option especially in the the high-end collection collector world is you know is what is the next trend but you, most people that are buying these cars are you know they're not buying them for a, a short-term flip they're they're buying them for you know maybe a a, a collector hold or buying it for uh you know uh, a three-year turn or a four-year turn um very rarely are we seeing cars that are bought at an auction and then quickly turned and sold again gotcha so I, i'm not sure at the end what is, are most of your buyers are they like art collectors they're collecting them like art for three years or so max or are they just drivers who just want to you know that bugatti or whatever depending upon what the car is um certainly there's people that are buying cars at auction to drive um in many cases there there are people that love collector cars and also see the benefit of investing in collector cars you know again like you mentioned in the art world um you know not everybody's a, a big fan of impressionist art but if impressionist art is returning 30 percent on an annual basis then you know what heck i, I have some money i might want to invest in in precious art um is that an inside tip insider trading i want to do that <laughs> right you know so again it's um it, 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 a lot of the times it's it's people that are buying these cars that they have a love for the, the the type of cars that they're buying but they also see the advantage of Chris, one of the things that I really liked about these uh, do's and don'ts is um, some of the etiquette as well. Uh, toward the bottom of the list, there are two items, be seated and be quiet. It's almost like what teachers state as state students, and then celebrate after the auction ends. I love that too. Like. You bought you bought your dream car and you want to go out and have a few cocktails and you know be wise about these things and also I like the fact be courteous to other people who are who were there I know um, in the few auctions that I've been to it's it's a little bit there are some people who are drinking beer and getting a little uh, raucous but it's a pretty civil it's a pretty civil world I think um, but I guess you have to remind people sometimes to uh, to be polite and courteous to others who are in the, in the auction house. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we talked earlier, you know, some of these um, auctions can be very entertaining. You know, certainly we, we talked about Meekum. Meekum puts on more of a show than I think than, you know, an RM auction or a Goodingham Company auction. Um, however, you know, while the auction is going on, it, it is important to understand that uh, it's, it's serious business regardless of the dollar amount for the people that are bidding and for the auction house. Uh, you know, so I, I've seen clients um, raising their hand in the middle of the bid um, you know, waving to a friend to come sit with them or waving for the waitress or waving for something. And, you know, the auction house is going, you know, and they, they're taking it as a bid. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it, it's uh, you have to be mindful of where you are for sure. Do you know, what's the percentage of a typical auction house? How much do they take? 
It, it, you know, the, it, I don't I don't work for an auction house, but uh, you know, my understanding is that they have uh, buyers and seller fees uh, that they um, negotiate with the people that are buying and selling the cars. Okay. So it, it, it can be it can be a subjective number, to my understanding. Gotcha. Um, what else, uh, if uh, not maybe something else that's not on this list that you've experienced at an auction that you might want to tell the, the public when they go? Uh, to me, we were just, uh, Bruce and I went last year, as I mentioned, to Meekum, and I've been to a few others, and I mentioned my, my parents through the years in a whole other world. But um, what else might be uh, helpful to the public who might go to someplace like a Meekum? And I, we were just blown away by the enthusiasm and and the business of it—they've got guys with buffing rags right up until the last minute, and and it's it's it is like a three-ring circus. It's a show. It's a show. So, is there anything else that you could uh, offer that would be, uh, you know, good uh, guidelines to people who might be going to an auction for the first time? Well, you know, the people that are going to the auction for the first time—if they're going to bid on a car—you um, know, certainly they need to know what they're buying. Uh, you know, especially when you're getting into cars that might be uh, modified, that might have the, uh, you know, different different rear ends or different things like that, you want to make sure that you're not buying a car that is not um, resellable or not worth what you're paying for it. Uh, you know, those are always very difficult equations for people. Um, you know, you want to seek help of a professional if you're, if you're going to buy a car that you're unfamiliar with. Uh, it's just very important to know what you're trying to do. And, and of course, you want to make sure that you do have, if you do win the bid, that you know what that looks like after the fact. You know, so I bought something, you know, now what is my next step? Uh, how much money do I need to give them? You know, what are, what are those processes? So you want to make sure that you have as much knowledge going in as you can um, and understanding that, you know, it's not something to be emotional about. You know, we we have a great relationship with Wayne Craney, and, and, and in this piece, he he writes a he writes a number on his on his hand just to keep him sensible to what he's what he wants to pay for a particular car, and that's really sage advice because as we talked about, this is a show, and people can get uh, emotionally attached or emotionally wrapped up in in the excitement of it all. And you know the last thing you want to do is find out that you've you've now paid two hundred thousand dollars more for a car than you know anybody else in the world. Wow, yeah, that's true. Um, one other area that I forgot to ask about and it just came into my mind is that what we noticed last year uh, are there there were two or three groups of cars that were on some level and in some time frame owned by celebrities. And uh, there was, a, I believe, a, a car that was owned by Joe Montana uh, that went that seemed to be undervalued. I forgot the make and model of the car. And then there were cars that looked like they were in really poor condition that were owned by maybe a rock band, the James Gang, or some uh, some uh, vintage rock band. And the cars looked they looked horrible. So, um, is there something that's particularly interesting about your experience with uh, celebrity cars? Well, you know, with the, with, with the, obviously the cachet of, of a celebrity-owned car, you know, John Lennon's Rolls-Royce, et cetera, some Janis Joplin's Porsche, some of these cars, uh, you know, again, it adds another level of provenance to a particular vehicle. 
that, um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld was obviously a big Porsche collector, and we know Jerry very well. So, you know, again, these cars add a little extra flair to them, um, and it's not necessarily about its condition. It's about that part of the provenance that makes the car valuable. Uh, I, I see in, in a lot of these auctions that we go to and attend that, you know, the auction houses are using the celebrity as an opportunity to raise money for a charity, mm-hmm. um, which is always a great thing. And it's always nice to see a car that's that's being donated by a celebrity or being donated by, you know, somebody that, that um, is very well known in a particular field that they're, they're, they're giving the money to a charity. Great. So it's always a nice thing. And, um, you know, again, these, these cars don't need to be in, in great shape. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the trend right now is, is, you know, the cachet term is barn finds. Yes. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of cars, um, you know, at these auctions that, um, you know, were, were buried, literally buried for 40 years under the ground, <laughs> um, that, that somebody found while they were putting in a new foundation and, you know, it's uh, it's crazy some of the conditions of these cars that, um, you know, they don't run, they need massive restoration, but a lot of times people are, are buying these barn finds to keep them in that dilapidated condition. Um, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was at Amelia Island uh, at the auction, there was a uh, literally uh, just a rusted out Ferrari chassis um, that you felt if you touched it, you would break it, but they had sprayed it um, to try to keep it together, and um, it sold for four hundred thousand dollars. Oh my! That's God. that's so, your abstract art, I guess. Yeah, that's your abstract. Yeah, art. Exactly, wow. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, you know, it, it went in some glass case somewhere in some some guy's you know show garage, and um, you know, but that's that's it. You know, but right now these these barn finds are are all the rage. You know, everybody's trying to find that uh, needle in a haystack, so to speak. Sure. That, and I heard old trucks are kind of popular right now. Old Ford F-100s. Old old trucks are very popular right now. Um, You know, I I was at an auction, again, it was in Amelia Island, it was a couple of years ago, a 1950 Ford F-150, and it was a non-reserve sale, and I think it sold for $18,000, and I... I was like kicking myself. I'm like, wow, you know, and, and that truck today is, is probably maybe worth three times that amount. Sure. So, yeah. um, you know, just it's, there, there can be some very good buys out there. You know, I, I think something to note for your listeners is, you know, these auctions aren't just for, you know, multimillionaire, you know, uh, people who are well healed and well funded. Um, you know, you can go to the Mika Auction in Monterey and 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 buy a car for thirty thousand um, dollars. You know, so it just uh, you know what your abilities are and what you're looking to do. But there, it can be a lot of fun for people to who have previously thought that you know it's only something for the very wealthy to do. Uh, it's certainly not. Gotcha, Chris. That one, that's a perfect way to. Um to wrap it up this morning, we, we want to thank uh, Christopher, we're, call, we're calling him Chris Warren, from Premier Financial Services. The company uh, provides um, assistance and obviously financial services to people who are interested in uh, financing a vintage car. 
Uh, Chris, thanks for being our guest. Please visit the website, www.premier, with no E at the end, financialservices.com. Their phone number is 877-973-7700. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot for being our guest. We really appreciate your expertise. No, it's my pleasure, guys. We really appreciate the opportunity. All of the content that we discussed is on our website, so there's a lot of good information there. And um, I look forward to seeing you guys at uh, Monterey. So give me a call when you're there, and, and we'll hook up. That'd be we'll for you, Chris. Thank, Thank you. Thanks again. Have a nice day. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer. Bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. 